Hey guys, Paul Reddick here. Welcome to the Baseball Dads Podcast. The world of baseball and the youth and especially the high school game is changing so rapidly. These rapid changes are bringing about a lot of confusion, a lot of frustration for today's parents that are trying to bring their son up in the game. So the purpose of this podcast is to use the experience of dads who have already gone through this journey and have navigated it successfully so we could take aim at that confusion and frustration and knock it out. We're going to talk to these dads about what they did right, about what they did wrong, what they would do more of, what they would do less of, and they're going to give you their advice for today's parents that are going through this game. So stay tuned for today's podcast. And make sure you go to BaseballDadsNewsletter.com where you can get a free trial in our monthly Baseball Dads Newsletter. So without any further delay, let's get on to today's show. Hey guys, Paul Reddick here. Welcome to the Baseball Dads Podcast. Um, You're stupid and you can forget about baseball. It's an interesting way to start, isn't it? Well, rest assured I'm not talking about you. Uh, And I'm not talking to anyone listening either. What I am doing is telling you words that were said to me nearly 30 years ago. Words that were said to me by an important figure in my life. Words that uh, landed on me. Words that stuck to me. And words that echoed in my head every single day since. And like I said, it's nearly 30 years ago. So in today's podcast, we're going to talk about the words, the power of the words that we use and how those words can land, how their words can stick, and how those words can echo. And as fathers, how we have to choose those words wisely and how when our kids are exposed to words that are, um, are powerful, we got to know how to handle them. So, you know, there's the old phrase, sticks and stones will break my bones or words will never hurt me. Well, I'm going to tell you what, you know, like, I don't know who wrote that, but I'm going to tell you that, yeah, maybe words won't hurt you, but words that are said to you by a very important figure in your life at a very important time in your life, I'm, I'm proof that nearly 30 years later, I still hear those words in my head every single day. So I was a sophomore in high school um, at Seton Hall Prep in New Jersey, and I was kind of I was kind of living a little bit in my brother's shadow. My brother was a star player at Seton Hall Prep. He was four years older than me. He was now playing at Seton Hall University. I was at Seton Hall Prep. My freshman year went well. You know, I was on the team, had a good year. The summer team, I I, I was on the A team, American Legion, like with the older kids. You know, maybe I was the last guy picked on that A team, um, and maybe it was some of it was because of my brother. I don't know, but. Um, but it went well. You know, I kind of reached all my goals my freshman year. I was really happy with it. Sophomore year, I struggled academically. I didn't work hard as, as I should. I, I kind of blew it. You know, I kind of thought like I would skate by and get my C's and, and, and be able to play like I did last year. And um, so I was called into the guidance counselor for that, for that marking period where he was going to tell me whether I passed or failed or whether, you know, and I was kind of like you know, hoping like, uh, give me a C, give me a C, give me a C. And I sat down and he opened up my file and he like shook his head. And it wasn't like that shake, no. It was the shake that says, I can't believe how ridiculously stupid this kid is. It was that kind of a, of, of a no shake. And uh, he leaned into me. And it's very funny. I'm going to tell you that uh, he smoked. And uh, I can still smell that cigarette smell. I can even remember what the chair felt like. I can remember exactly what the the... the, the arms on the chair felt like and he leaned into me and he pointed right at me and he goes you're stupid and you could forget about baseball now i'm going to tell you what i can still I, I i like i still feel it viscerally i still feel it and and you know what's interesting is that uh, this was news to me 
this was this was absolute news to me. Like I remember walking back in the hallway, and I and I just I walked kind of like aimlessly around the hallway. The, um, I was like I had a pit in my stomach, and I just I was waiting for the bell to ring so I wouldn't have to go in back to my class because there was a bunch of my baseball buddies in that class, and I didn't want to tell them the news that I had just failed off the team, or I wouldn't wasn't be able to play on the team um, because I had failed. And I just remember walking around going, forget about baseball. I can't forget about I, I can't forget about baseball. Baseball's my whole life. Don't you understand? Like I, I you know, like I'm living in the shadow here, my brother, I gotta you know, I gotta I gotta play baseball. And and how am I not gonna play baseball? And and just to preface this, you know, like this wasn't a time where you could just go play on an AAU team or a travel team. Like this was it. Like you played that was the only opportunity to play back then. Um and then all of a sudden I was walking around the hallway and I remember like going, Wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm stupid. I'm stupid. Not only did you just tell me that I can forget about the only thing I really care about at that point, the only way that I feel like you know I, I've got a, a meaning as a, as a teenager, now you've just informed me of the fact that I'm now stupid. Words. Those words landed on me, they stuck, and they have echoed. I still hear them to this day. They were said to me by a guidance counselor. I won't. I used to say his name. I won't say his name anymore because he's passed on. But um, he was wrong <laughs> on both parts. <laughs> he was wrong. I've gone on to do some pretty smart things in my life. I've gone on to serve a lot of different in different areas of my life that required uh, you know, high level skills, and and uh, I built a business, a couple businesses, and done well, and surrounded my life with baseball. I've made my career, my life in baseball. So he was wrong on both parts. But I'm going to tell you, it would have been a whole lot easier had those words were not said to me. It would have been a whole lot easier, and I, and I will tell you with just honesty that every time I start something new and every time I'm faced with a challenge or anytime something kind of doesn't go my way, there's kind of like that belief that was put on me that, you know, like you're stupid and you could forget about baseball and I got to fight it back. And, and I've been able to, cause I had some good mentors and I had some good people who turned that around for me. You know, I had a coach, I, the, for the guy that was my first, uh, my first coaching job was a guy named Jack Burns and, and, and Jack, you know, I, I, just about every good thing that ever happened to my life uh, was because of meeting Jack Burns. And, you know, Jack Burns, for hmm, <laughs> for four years of my life, that man, every day, told me how good I was. He told me how great I was. He, told, he's, he said to me one time, you're going to be a superstar as a coach in this game if you work hard. And he said, I'll give you every chance in the world as long as you work hard. And for four years of my life, he told me every day on the phone, at practice, during games. Now, when I screwed up, he was tough on me. I screwed up. He was he was so tough. But he told me every day that I was that I was going to be something. And I don't I think if I didn't have those four years of 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 that mentor in my life, I don't know where I'd be. I don't know where I'd be. Because when I came to him, I, I didn't have a whole lot going on, to be honest with you. I didn't have a whole lot going on. But it took, it took a lot of time for that to turn around. And uh, <clears throat> let me give you, let me gather myself, <laughs> let me gather myself. You know, and, and, and 
I'm just going to tell you, you know, I, it's, it's emotional. I get emotional for a reason because the guy was like a second father to me. He's still, we still talk, um, and, and he's still such an influential part of my life that when you have a mentor that says something to you that sticks, it, it can stick for a long time just as much as those other words can stick. But I often think about, wow, it took two seconds for that guy to say I was stupid and I could forget about baseball and took nearly four years for Jack to undo that which is why the positive words are important, but combating the negative words is harder, right? It's almost, like, it's almost like a donut, isn't it? It's like if we, eat, if we eat a donut, we can eat that sucker in a minute, but it doesn't take a minute to burn off the calories of a donut, right? It takes time to do it. So let me give you some tips. Every time your son is faced with a negative, you've got to stick him with five positives. Even when he screwed up. When, when I used to screw up things with Jack, you know, Jack was real tough on me, and he let me know when I screwed up. He especially let me know when I did things that were out of bounds in accordance to our values. There was a time where I tried, I tried to, there was a thunderstorm clearly coming. Like, the thunderstorm was probably like four minutes away, five minutes away. And, and I think it was like the fifth inning. Like, if we played, if we started that inning, it would have been a complete game. Or, you know, it would have been a, you know, like a regulation game. And it would have just been washed out. If we didn't start that inning, we could have, the game would have reverted back to whatever the rules was. I don't remember the time. And so I said, <laughs> I sent the, kid, the catcher out there. I said, dude, take the ball and throw it into center field like a couple times when you're throwing warm-ups. Let's delay this thing. And Jack caught wind of what I was doing. <laughs> and I can't. What he said uh, is not, is not uh, is a family broadcast. So what he said, I cannot repeat. But, um, but he let me know that that was against our values, that we did not do that uh, on a team that he coached. And my values got out of whack. I thought I was going for the win, right? I, wanted to, I want our boys to win. But he, he understood that we're, we're gonna, winning's important, but not that important. Not so important that we would compromise our values to get a win. So, so here's what we need, you need to do. Every time your son is faced with a negative, even if you're going to say something to him that's negative, so let's say, let's say he screwed up. Let's say, you know, let's say he did something that was out of character, out of value, or somebody said something to him that was negative. Um, and, and I'm not talking about things that are constructive criticism. I think that's a fine line today is that kids are very sensitive and that we can take constructive criticism as negative feedback. And I think that's your job as a father to really differentiate the two and understand the intention of the person that was trying to give it to you. Right. So I never took anything that Jack said to me as negative. I always took it as constructive criticism and, and probably because he unconsciously knew that what I'm going to share with you today is that you need the five positives for every one negative. So if your kid, let's say your kid curses or something like that, let's just say he, you know, he just drops an F-bomb and, you know, like kids do, he didn't, he didn't, you know, didn't mean to do it. And you might say to him, you know, look, you cursed and cursing is not acceptable in our household. So you understand that that's not acceptable behavior, but you're a good man. You know, you, you listen to your mom, you help out your brother, you do good in school, and you try really hard with your coaches. So I'm, I'm very proud of you for those things. And just, just understand that that's not, cursing is not acceptable behavior. So you let him know that what he did was wrong and was bad, right? But then you also give him five things that he does well in the process. Now, what if it comes from somebody else, right? What if it comes from somebody else? 
it's a more difficult situation. If somebody says something really negative to your kid, like, hey, you're stupid or you're an idiot or, you, you know, you're a failure or whatever, you know, whatever they say now, um, it, it's the same five things, though. And what I would preface that as, as remember, your son is going to lean on you. A, a child is going to raise to the self-esteem of his father. So what I would say, in, in my experience, the best thing is that the best question to ask is, do you believe that? So so-and-so said you're a failure. Do you believe that? And then if he says, yeah, I do believe that, now this is your opportunity to say, well, I don't believe it. And here's why. And that's when you do the five things. So here's why. Because you're a good man. Because you help your mom. You respect your brother. You do well at school. You, you, you know, you, you're, you're a good teammate. You pick up your teammates. You show up on time for practice. You work hard. And I know you give your best effort all the time. Now, here's the thing. Now, I am not so, uh, I'm not living in a bubble here. I know that does not erase it. But we're not trying to erase it. I don't think you can erase things. And I think that's a dangerous thing to erase the world, right? It's like revisionist history. You know, history is history. And when we try and rewrite it, we're trying to, you know, just like we can't handle it. So we're, we're rewriting it. I don't want you to erase these moments for your son. What I want you to do is to be the rock. It's still, like we said in the last podcast, is to be the mortar. That's where you're the mortar of holding things together. He's going to get negative stuff. Kids are going to, every all kids are going to, they're going to bust each other's chops. They're going to pick on each other. But when you're there kind of as that mortar to hold it together, yeah, it, get, it gets easier. And then the other thing, too, is that he'll come to you. When he is feeling bad because he knows you're going to drop five positives on him, it's almost like you know you're you, you, you've got you've got a you know a, a box of candy and and he wants to come to you for a treat. He will learn to come to you when things get negative if you're going to hit him with five positives when things get negative. So any negative thing, any negative behavior, any negative thing said to them, you can't erase it and you can't just dismiss it, but you can. Put your mortar in there and hold it together so you can drop five positive things on them every single time so you leave them feeling a little bit better. I almost, I sometimes make the analogy of like a dirty rag, you know, like it, 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 you just don't run it under water and it just doesn't come clean, right? It, you got to run it under the water, wring it out, run it under water, and, and every time you run it under the water and you wring it out, a little bit of dirt falls off and a little bit of dirt falls off, and then you have a clean towel it just doesn't you just don't clean it once and all the dirt comes off that's kind of how you have to think of those situations that's been helpful for me um to think of those situations so guys the words that we say land the words that we say stick choose them very very carefully with your son and and i i didn't i didn't hitchhike on the things that we say because i'm I'm going to assume that if you're listening to this podcast, you're talking to your son in a positive way. And we're going to have more podcasts coming up soon uh, for that. And also, if you want more tips like this, you can go to 567dad.com. And we have the 567dad baseball edition book is out there. And you can, um, you can get it there. So thank you guys so much for listening. And I will see you guys next week. Thanks. Hey guys, it's Paul again. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. We really hope you got a lot out of it. We have so much more to come for you. And thank you so much for trusting us with your baseball education and also the development with your child. It's something that we take very seriously and really means the world to me and the rest of the staff here at Paul Rick Baseball and Baseball Dads Podcast. So thank you so much. We would love it if you would leave a five-star rating and a great review of this podcast. That's how it helps us get the word out about the podcast so that other dads can share in this information that we need so much. Also, don't forget 
forget to go to Baseball Dads Newsletter where you can get a free trial subscription in our Baseball Dads Newsletter. Again, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. I can't tell you what it means to us that you would tune in, and we're just loving bringing this information to you. So, again, thank you so much, and we'll see you on the next show. Hey, it's Paul Reddick. Thanks so much for listening to the show. I really appreciate it. I wanted to let you know I have a new book out specifically for Baseball Dads, and I would love for you to check it out. You can go to BaseballDadsBook.com. All the information is there and a pretty good discount for our podcast listeners. So again, it's BaseballDadsBook.com. Thanks.